This is the God in Cancel Culture podcast. Today we're up to chapter 8, Persecution in America. And if you've been listening, you know that I'm reading it day by day, a different chapter every day. And not the whole chapter, but just part of it is kind of a teaser to get you to want to listen to the whole thing or to uh, buy the book. So today it's on persecution in America. There are Christians really being persecuted. Some of it had to do with COVID-19, shutting down the churches, but there's other examples of persecution. We never thought it would happen in America, but it is. So stay tuned to my reading, Chapter 8, Persecution in America, and I'll have a message at the end. What if we prayed ourselves into this persecution? When early Pentecostals, including my own parents and grandparents, prayed for global revival, Part of the answer seems to have been the amazing revival in China, which happened under severe and violent persecution, imprisonment, and chilling social control. Now that same persecution seems to be coming to our shores. For example, the framework for Chinese-style social credit system is being laid here in the United States at an accelerated rate. Social credit systems are a type of cancel culture and persecution. We are seeing these systems arising in America. They come through online and cell phone tracking, people being fired from jobs for social media posts, simply expressing mainstream political views. The snitch culture, which is rising fast. Facial recognition software. The tracking of COVID-positive citizens. And a church registration during the pandemic. Each of these ideas is antithetical to freedom, but have become acceptable in mainstream American thought in the last 18 months. I grew up thinking our country would always be exempt from this kind of control, which happened in some third world or communist countries, but the landscape in the land of freedom is rapidly changing. Some Christians are saying cancel culture is only a stepping stone on the way to something much worse a Chinese or North Korean style of totalitarianism that currently enslaves a billion-plus people. Are we becoming a country in which Christians and people of other religions are harshly persecuted? Is that God's plan for the coming days? A House of Prayer in the Midst of Persecution It is not especially popular to predict the sustained and difficult persecution is on the way for Christians. But Mike Bickle has never been one to go with popular notions just for the sake of being positive. He's the founder of the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. Bickle believes persecution of the church in America has already arrived, with some believers feeling it more and some less, and that it will increase dramatically in the coming years. More alarmingly, he told me in a recent interview, it's biblical and it's coming. I asked what could possibly be biblical about persecution. He pointed immediately to Psalm chapter 2, which is the subject of many of his messages and of his book, God's Answer to the Growing Crisis, which Charisma House published in 2016. Bickle says we are living in the first few verses of Psalm 2, prophesied by David 3,000 years ago, in which the kings and rulers of the earth come into greater consensus than any point in history 
to remove God from society. Bickle defines rulers as influential leaders in various arenas of culture, such as academia, the media, politics, the marketplace, finance, the military, sports, and entertainment. He said, They're going to plan and scheme to drive the influence of the Word of God out of culture. To the secular mindset, God's Word is bondage, and it stifles our human potential. It's old, archaic laws in the Bible like that are keeping us back from our full potential in sexuality and spirituality and everything else. They're going to get rid of it and dismiss the Word of God in the public square in every possible way. That has really accelerated in the last 12 months and then much faster in the last 12 weeks. It's almost at breathtaking speed, he said in early 2021. Bickle pointed to an obvious but easy-to-overlook reason this is happening now, the Internet. Without the Internet, there would not be thousands of people emboldening one another with crazy ideas, he said. The Internet has given accessibility for all kinds of people to voice their opinions and validate and embolden the people that are like them. The ability to communicate instantly and globally in mass numbers is indeed a completely new opportunity for humanity that became possible only within the last couple decades. Most people don't consider how revolutionary this has been for society. Bickle said, all of us have multiple devices of one kind or another, and news and information and opinions are coming in so fast at everyone. People who have never thought of certain things are not only thinking about them, They're enraged about them, and they see themselves as experts on them. As a publisher, it occurred to me that the Reformation itself would not have happened had Gutenberg not invented the printing press. Martin Luther was not the first person to criticize the Catholic Church in the way he did, but people who did so previously, such as Jan Hus, could not disseminate their messages easily around the world because printed books did not exist. Technology allowed the rapid spread of ideas and caused a global change to the church. In Bickle's view, we're seeing the same dynamic happen today, a modern outworking of an ancient impulse that took place at the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. At that time, humanity began to unite spiritually and culturally against God. But God intervened to stop their progress toward a full manifestation of wickedness because it wasn't the time yet. Now, Bickle said, God will allow the full flourishing of wickedness empowered by the ability to communicate without hindrance. He called the Internet the global unified language. And he said the day of near-instant translation between people speaking different languages is almost here. This is fueling the spread of the gospel, but also the spread of evil. At the end of the age, right before the Lord returns, The human race will enter into a realm of darkness beyond any time in history, an interaction with demons, Bickle said. That is, I think, what is being talked about in Genesis 11, touching heaven, and that's happening now. An angel predicted explosions of travel and knowledge. There's another fascinating aspect to this, and it's found in Daniel chapter 24, verse 4 in which an angel predicts two specific things about the end of the age. Knowledge and travel across the earth will greatly increase. The angel said it this way, Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. 
My grandfather, A.R. Farley, was a Pentecostal preacher in Kansas for more than 50 years. His daughter, my mother, who is now 92, still tells how he preached in the 1930s about Daniel 12.4. This was before the age of widespread air travel, computers, television, and the Internet. So he was mainly referring to automobiles, trains, and, of course, print media. My grandfather could not have envisioned the Internet or the fact that today you can reach people by cell phone. And I don't even know they're halfway around the globe. I once called a local friend, and when he answered, I discovered that cell towers had found him in a matter of seconds in Argentina, where he was visiting. Bickle has done extensive personal study on the totality of human knowledge, which we might call information, and said the increase is staggering and accelerating. Some estimate that it used to take a thousand years for all human knowledge to double. Then it took a hundred years to double. Then it took 12 months to double. Now, with artificial intelligence and computer technology, some say the totality of human knowledge doubles every 12 hours. There's no sure way to quantify this, but if you include all information created daily in the world, every email, text message, photo, article, audio recording, video, and so on, it comes into focus. In my own career, as the owner of a book publishing company, we have published 2,000 books and many more magazine issues. And that doesn't include our massive amount of online content. In our company's own small way, we have contributed to the rapid increase of information and communication. The point is, in one brief, seemingly cryptic phrase in the last chapter of the book of Daniel, the main feature of our day was foretold 2,500 years ago. It has massive implications for the spread of evil as well as the spread of good, Bickle told me. The angel in Daniel 12 also said travel would increase. I remember growing up during the space race. In about 100 years, the world went from the invention of the combustion engine to putting a man on the moon. A phenomenal fact. Today, millions travel by air without even a thought, when the very idea would have boggled the minds of our great-grandparents. But what does that have to do for the possibility of persecution? Bickle said the ease of travel greatly enables the spread and coordination of evil plans among kings and rulers and their followers who are determined to rid society of God. He said, a guy can be in London, then be in New York in seven hours. The heads of state and the rulers of culture can be together so easily whether physically together or through technology. And the Tower of Babel evil is multiplying because they're all sharing their experiences and their information. And they're emboldening each other and approving and applauding. And then the masses of the earth are hungry for more of it. I asked presidential advisor and author Doug Weed what he thought about the possibility of persecution. The first thing that comes to my mind is I don't think Americans are really prepared for how bad it can get, he said. They keep thinking, no, 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 this is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Technology is certainly available now with chips and tracking to keep accounts on everyone. As we know in China right now, you can't get an apartment unless you have a high social credit score. It has nothing to do with how much money you have. 
It has to do with your score with the government. If you're caught jaywalking, that can be a knock against you. Of course, if you're a member of a Christian church, that's a knock against you. And so I'm sure it's going to come to the United States. In fact, it's American companies that have implemented that for China and are providing that for China. It's truly, truly astounding. Ken Fish sounds a similar note. I try to maintain an optimistic view of life, but right now, people that think the way you do and I do do not hold the high ground. We do not hold the levers of power, he told me. The cards are stacked against us. He continued, We have our work cut out for us. Anyone who thinks that all of this is just going to go away on its own is probably whistling past the graveyard. Antichrist approaching. I hope you enjoyed that part of chapter 8, and it makes you want to read the book. Tomorrow I'll read chapter 9, Being the Church in the Face of Cancel Culture. Meanwhile, you can go on Audible and some other sources and download the audio book, which I read. Hear the whole thing. Or you can go onto my website, stevestrangbooks.com, and order a copy of the book and find out about other specials that we have there. And if you like, uh, leave us a review, either on Audible or on Amazon. Send me an email. Tell me your opinion. Send it to me, Stephen Strang, and you can address it to info at charismamedia.com. God bless you.